This has been a difficult year. Maybe the biggest understatement ever. This has been a, it's been a difficult year, and people are struggling with the idea of being thankful. The pandemic has wreaked havoc on the lives of many, and it's affected all of us. So when I learned last week that I was going to be preaching this week, I wasn't, didn't think I was, but when I learned last week that I was going to be preaching this week, I had to think about what did I want to preach about? I'll be honest, this is the second sermon I wrote for today. The first sermon I wrote, but for whatever reason, it didn't sit well. So I scrapped it. Maybe you'll hear it sometime in the future. I don't know. But this is a second sermon. And I thought, what else to preach about two days after Thanksgiving than Thanksgiving? It was an obvious choice. But I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. But at my house, we did not do the traditional Thanksgiving this year. You see, after 20 years of marriage, we have accumulated some stuff. That's the nice way to put it. A lot of stuff. So we rented a dumpster. Thanksgiving morning, we got up and started loading that dumpster. Went in the crawl space, went in the garage, just started throwing stuff out. I don't even know if Amy knew what I threw out, but we were throwing stuff away, and she was in the house throwing stuff away, so I don't know what she threw away either. Then we stopped for lunch. Again, a very traditional Thanksgiving meal. We threw a cauliflower crust pizza in the oven and had pizza for Thanksgiving. Yesterday morning, to continue the traditional Thanksgiving, I got up and went and fed the homeless, which is probably the only thing somewhat traditional Thanksgiving we did. Then when I got home, we continued filling up the dumpster. It got to the point to where I had to close the doors on the dumpster. This dumpster is taller than me. It's about six or seven feet tall. And I had to start throwing stuff over the top because it had gotten to where it would fall out if I opened the doors on the dumpster. We have accumulated a lot of stuff in 20 years. So this was the 20-year purge, as I like to call it. And hopefully, tomorrow, it will be done. That's my hope. And, and Amy and I both said, this is a learning lesson. If we have something and we don't think we necessarily need it, the answer is not put it in the attic. The answer is not, put it in the hall closet. We never go in there anyways. The answer is, if we don't need it, throw the thing away. Get rid of it. But as I thought about a Thanksgiving sermon, you know, everyone has been touched by the pandemic in some way. And yet, I stand before you this morning to remind you that we all have a reason to be thankful. It's not just because you didn't get COVID or if you got it that you recovered. And it's not because you kept your job or if you lost it, you found a new one. No, our reason for being thankful goes deeper than just being thankful for overcoming our circumstances. What I'm talking about is thankfulness that's reserved for God in God alone. Giving thanks 
to God is a major part of worshiping Him. Because as we worship Him, we yield and we recognize what He is doing in our lives. So we stop, we remember, and we're grateful for what He's done. Giving thanks to God comes from a place within us where we remember where we could have been without him. When I was out yesterday morning serving the homeless in downtown Greensboro, I realized where I could have been. I'm lucky to have a roof over my head. I'm lucky to have a car that runs. Even if it doesn't have air conditioning, I'm lucky to have a car that runs. People who believe that God has nothing to do with what they have achieved in their lives. You know those people, the ones who think that they're a self-made man or woman who've pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Got it all wrong. See, while we can be thankful in some areas of our lives, for honest, there are other areas, areas where we're not so thankful. Psalm 92 says this. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to the Most High. It's good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. See, most people, they like to do good things. In fact, David tells us it's good to thank God for his unfailing love and his faithfulness. And the most fitting way to do that is to praise him. In Psalm 107, the psalmist burst out four different times in verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. He says, the same thing each time. He says, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them praise the Lord. See, when we look around and we think about the wonderful goodness of God, do we not feel a deep desire to praise him and to give him thanks. Psalm chapter 100 puts it this way. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all of the earth. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And as I read those verses, I want to share something with you that we don't see in these verses. David says to shout with joy, to enter into our Father's presence with praise and with thanksgiving. What he doesn't say 
is that we are to do this when everything's going good in our lives. He doesn't say that we're to do this when all of our bills are paid. He doesn't say we're to do this when no one is sick or no one is hurting. No, David says this is who we are. It's who we're supposed to be. That is supposed to be our lifestyle. See, we're to make a joyful noise when we're having a bad day. We're to enter into our Father's presence with thanksgiving when we have more month left than we have money left. We're to praise Him when we're sick, when we're in pain, even when we don't feel like it. You see, there's nothing worse than doing something for someone and they refuse to acknowledge what you've done by simply saying thank you. Now, I'll be honest with you, there was a time in my life when I struggled to always say thanks. First and foremost, I was ashamed that I was in need and that shame was rooted in pride. So when someone did something nice for me that highlighted my need, I sometimes struggled to acknowledge it. Now, imagine how you would have felt if you were the one who helped me, and I refused to acknowledge your help, and I refused to say thank you. It would hurt, wouldn't it? It would make you feel that I didn't appreciate you. And I had to come to the realization that this is how I made people feel. Now also imagine that if I did that to people I could see and interact with, I probably, no, I definitely did it to God too. Imagine the patience that God has exercised towards me as he taught me what it means to be thankful and how to express it. Imagine how many times I disappointed him when he sent someone to help me and I couldn't, through my pride, acknowledge it when God sent Jesus to die for us. He didn't have a backup plan. He gave his very best from the get-go. Giving thanks with a grateful heart is like jumping up and down when you get that present you've always wanted. You're grateful, so grateful that maybe even tears of joy start to stream down your face. You weren't planning to cry, but you couldn't stop it once it started. Giving thanks with a grateful heart is a choice. We give our Father thanks because we love Him. He's our Father, and He takes care of us. Our lives should be lived with an attitude 
of thankfulness. First Thessalonians puts it this way. It says, always be joyful. Never, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Sometimes, some of us misunderstand rejoicing and think that it's to be done only when something good happens to us. The same is true for prayer. Some think you should only pray when God gives you that something that you need. The challenge for some who believe we should only give thanks for the blessing and not for the hardships. It didn't say only in the good times praise and give thanks. Philippians chapter 4 I love how the Apostle Paul dealt with hardships. It's what it says. It says, Paul says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Can we say that? See, I think our version would be when I have a lot of money, when I have plenty, when I have plenty to eat. It's, it's when I have a full stomach. It's those times that I'll praise God. But it doesn't say that. It's in all circumstances, no matter what it is, that we praise God. Paul said that he knew how to live when he didn't have a lot of money and when he did. It makes me wonder, how can he do that, but we struggle so much with it? Well, like Paul, Whatever situation we may find ourselves in, we can handle it because of our faith in what Christ has already done for us. See, it's just one more reason to give thanks to our Father. And I want you to know this morning that we can rejoice and give thanks for everything because through everything, God is still God. When my bills need paying, God is still God. And I can give thanks. When my bills are all paid, God is still God, and I can give thanks. When my friends leave me high and dry, God is still God. When I get new friends that will stick closer than a brother, God is still God, and I can give him thanks. Like Paul says, I've learned that I can rejoice in everything because God is still God. In my good times, in my bad times, 
my happy times, in my sad times, he is still God. He said, I can do this because God is God and my security rests with him. And he doesn't change. My willingness to give thanks is a testimony of what I know about God and his relationship with me. See, this understanding came through trials and a whole lot of error. I'm not perfect in my thanksgiving, but I have learned that it's not about God and what he's doing. It's about me and my response to him in the midst of what he's doing in my life. Psalm chapter 50 says this. It says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the most high then call on me God says call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory before we do anything else before we ask God for anything verse 14 says that we should offer him thanksgiving. We offer thanksgiving to God as part of our praise and our worship to him. See, we do that first, not after he has done something for us, but before he answers our prayer. See, when someone does something for you, saying thank you is a simple form of giving thanks and we do it so naturally yet we struggle to do it with God see it's easy to give God thanks for the things we know he has done but it's so much more difficult to thank him and to praise him for the things we're waiting for him to do it's even more difficult to praise and to thank God for what he has done, but we don't even know he did it. See, God is constantly doing things for us that we know nothing about. Our hearts should be praising him for what we know he can do versus waiting to see him actually do it and then thanking for thanking him afterwards now don't get me wrong it's not wrong to thank him afterwards we should thank him afterwards but it's not because he did it that we give him thanks see in verse 15 god makes a promise he says that we should call on him in the day of trouble and he will answer. If our mindset is that of being thankful first and not after, we have no problem understanding that God is going to come to our aid. We begin by giving God thanks for what he's done and for what he's going to do. When you hear someone thank and praise God for what he's going to do, then you know that person knows his or her God. 
They've learned to live in faith, expecting God to still be God. See, the last part of verse 15 says that after God has answered our prayer, then we will not only thank him, we will glorify him. See, our praise and our thanksgiving to God is more valuable to him than any sacrifice we could ever offer. Why? See, it's because our praise and our thanksgiving comes from the heart, a heart that's grateful for what God has done for us. Likewise, when we are not thankful for what God has done, what he's doing in our life, it's an indication that our hearts are slowly starting to drift away from him. And when we drift away from him, we're causing grief for our Lord and Jesus. The last scripture I want to share with you this morning is found in Philippians chapter 6. And it says this, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now I want to speak specifically to what some of us are facing. The economy is not the greatest. People are worried. Jobs are being lost and families are worried. Some marriages are in crisis. They're wondering, is their marriage going to survive? When you turn on the news, it's almost always bad news. With all these things constantly bombarding our minds, it's easy to wonder if we even have a reason to give God thanks. But notice the first thing Paul says here, do not be worried about anything. Our natural response to things happening around us is to worry. We worry if something will or won't happen. If it will happen, we worry how it's going to happen. If it's not going to happen, we worry, why isn't it going to happen? We worry about anything and everything. And then we wonder why we struggle to pray and to believe that God is the answer to the prayer. Do you know that it's difficult to be thankful and worried at the same time? It's difficult to feel blessed when you're worried. It's difficult to give God true praise when you're worried. It's difficult to remember and reflect on the things God has already done in our lives when we're worried. And understand this, Satan wants us to constantly operate in a state of worry. Because when we are worried, we're not giving thanks and we're not giving praise to God. When we worry, we're focusing on the problem and not the answer. We're focusing not on the promise of victory. We're focusing on the failure 
We're focusing on the giants and not the, ring, the rock and the sling. We're focusing on the loss and not on the gain. So Paul urges us not to worry. And then he gives us the reason why. He said that with everything that we face, we should take it to God with thanksgiving. We can go to God with thanksgiving because of the promise, because we have the guarantee, because God has never failed us. Because everything we have and will have comes through the grace of God. For every reason we can find to doubt and to worry, we can find another reason to give thanks for the things God has already done and will continue to do for us. Let me leave you with a simple message. Be thankful. Heavenly Father, thank you for always being there for us. Thank you for never failing us Thank you for the reminder that all we have to do is come to you. That you will be there. You will be there for us no matter what the situation is. But help us to remember to praise you and to thank you first. To not rely on the answer for your praise and your thanks. But no matter what the circumstances, help us to praise you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done that I have no idea about, but thank you for continuing to work in my life and help us to always be thankful. In Jesus' name.